Hello and welcome back to Action Replay Extra Time Podcast. My name is Ian Brennan and I'm joined by Luke Redmond and Chris Cannon as we look back on Ireland's successful Grand Slam uh, championship winning performance in the Six Nations and also we will look ahead to the uh, international friendlies for Martin O'Neill's Republic of Ireland squad as they face Turkey at the weekend. We'll, we'll think about what team could possibly um, could possibly be fielded against the Turks in that friendly. And uh, to finish off, we'll do some GAA as well. So I guess to get straight into it, guys, uh, Six Nations obviously was very successful for Ireland. You know, there's a lot of controversy about bonus points uh, being introduced, but it didn't matter in the end. Uh, who do you think was your player of the tournament? Player of the tournament, wow. Um, I think if Tyg Furlong had played every game, he would have been the player of the tournament, but he missed a couple of matches. So, Keith Earls, I'm going to say, was my yeah. player of the tournament. Him or Stockdale? Yeah, I mean, St- Stockdale is the obvious choice for, for many. Um, I myself probably would have said Tyg Furlong, uh, just for the impact that he actually had. Yourself, Chris? Uh, I'd go with Conor Murray. It's still a, a fair shot. It's still a fair shot. Everything he done for the whole tournament was just. I think, in a way, we uh, because we expected off him every single game. Like, I've never seen him have a bad game for Ireland. We just uh, we kind of we expected of him. Like it's even though he put in a unbelievable tournament. Like he did everything. He was in lineouts. He was. He even took on kicking duties. He scored tries. He just a, a complete scrum half like you can't best in the world and there was some other brilliant performances though Stockdale's record of seven tries like that's probably not going to be broken for Long years time. he's such a good finisher like he gets yeah. uh, if he gets inside the opposition 22 and he is coming in there at pace he's a difficult man to stop um, and the left wing is nailed down for probably the next 12 15 years for yeah. Ireland. He's he's a very instinctual player and he's he's very creative as well which is you know could be a nightmare for defenses you know England okay going into the tournament probably were um were favorites to come second at least if not win the whole thing it was always going to be either them or Ireland. Uh but they ended up finishing fifth which is absolutely hilarious but the fall, yeah the fallout from that will be huge I mean Eddie Jones has won back to back Six Nations one of which was a Grand Slam in 2016 so to finish fifth for the first time since the 80s was you know it's three losses in a row as well that doesn't happen very often it really doesn't if you're England and you know there were uh, Eddie Jones press conference after you know he hinted that it was the last time certain players would play in an England shirt and you know we kind of you can speculate as to who those play- who those players are. You know, could they be young players who didn't step up to the mark, or could they be old players who've kind of you know been are past it at this stage? It sort of reminded me of the old England, you know, in years gone by, where they were sort of a bit more successful than the soccer team, but like the soccer team. And then the past, obviously, the past few years they've been one of the best teams in the world. But uh, yeah, they they just you could see like they give away some. Stupid, stupid penalties. Um, uh, uh, Owen Farrell's on Rob Kearney was just criminal. Yeah, yeah. Ended it up was in a try. Yeah, it could, yeah. We're talking forty seconds. I mean, 
a minute later a minute later yeah Ireland are like it goes from Rob Kearney hitting a weak footed clearance kick probably only just about reaching 22 to Ireland scoring a try actually uh, uh, Elliot Daly had actually caught that ball in a great position with some space on the left yeah only for Owen Farrell's I don't know what he was doing I feel Kearney seen it uh, he seen it coming all the oh, he did. Yeah, mind was to get rid of that ball. He definitely. I feel. I feel. I feel like he left it until the last possible moment and made sure yeah. he was in the air when yeah, Farrell yeah. hit him, so it made it look worse. But and it was. Cause it, I mean, smart play. I don't think the kick even bothered him in the slightest, or any. I, I mean, for a player as good as Farrell, it was, it's bizarre. Yeah, Catching and as you and expect as that off a forward or a. Yeah, as as experienced as Farrell yeah. as well, you know. Yeah, it was, and and he was, Owen Farrell actually had a terrible game. He didn't. I don't think he kicked anything. He did. He did um, produce one moment of world class for Elliot Daly's yeah, try. Yeah, but uh, he didn't. Uh, from the tee, he was horrendous. Uh, yeah, yeah. He had a, none out he of had a very poor tournament from the tee, actually. But I suppose a lot of that was down to a bit of lack of creati- creativity in England's side. A lot of the, a lot of the tries they scored, were on either side of the touchline. That's very true. Mm. Um, I mean, when somebody misses a kick from there, you don't really. Because I hadn't noticed that he missed so many kicks till I seen the percentage on the the final day and it was pretty poor. I think it was one of the worst. Yeah. For an, uh, a kicker in the tournament, so yeah, I, I, I don't think he had a tournament of uh, his usual standards. He's I mean, not a number ten either. He's a number twelve, so he's um, in the wrong position. Yeah, he's well, he's kind of transitioned from from ten to twelve, and you know, he's he is a twelve who can easily play number ten, and you know, it's 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 usually the other way around, but. Um, it's certainly a talent to have, and you know when you have someone as talented with the boot as Farrell is, you know it's kind of hard yeah. to 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 pl- like not play him at ten, especially when your regular one might be misfiring as well. But I mean, I know we've talked about England a lot already, but it's just never mind England. Ireland's first half performance was probably oh, it was phenomenal. The best in patches, the best I've ever seen Ireland play. Uh, the most aggressive. The most determined, the most creative at times. I mean, Sexton's kick, Stockdale's chip, you know that that brilliant wraparound pass from Tyke Furlong of yep. all, you know, the, of the, all people. you know, the, the the tight head prop doing wraparound passes. You know, you've got a good player. Yeah, it it literally it took me, because I was watching it live. I'm like, okay, right, they're gonna do a little loop, and then suddenly Bundyaki's through, and I'm just like, how on earth did that actually happen? And it took me like two or three attempts watching the replays to actually figure out. Oh wait, Furlong gave him the ball. Yeah, like <laughs> you, if Connor Murray does that, you say it's a world class pass. You know. Yeah. What I mean? If Ty Ty Furlong does it, it's a miracle. Like yeah. I feel too. Aki's pass to Sander was. Oh, it was great as well. Really yeah. He really delayed it. And it yeah. 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 A lot of a lot of players would have went. Uh, and also went sta- to the right. Yeah, and Sander's right and. Yeah. Sander's pissed too to get away for. Number eight, like and his and his determination, you know, and yeah. his, yeah, his three men hanging off of him, and he still managed to find a way to the bottom of that post. It was just brilliant. Face first, it was it was glorious. Yeah, <laughs> um, I I suppose you know Ireland used a total of thirty players during um during the entire tournament, which you know, wow, I didn't think it was that many. some of that some of them were kind of injury um injury enforced as well. You know, the likes of Robbie Henshaw were missing. Yeah, but you look at that team actually that played against England, uh, or or even like if you put a team together of the the second string team together, still some team. It's still a good team. I mean, just thinking about second string players. So we've got Jack McGrath, Sean Cronin, and Andrew Porter. That's still a pretty decent front row. row. 
you could have Devin Devin Toner. You've got uh, you've got Devin Toner and let's say uh, Ulton Delan or Quinn yeah. Rue at, at second row. Yeah, I Sean O'Brien at seven. Vander Fleer started, but Jack Conan. You know that that back Ireland second string back row is probably Marmion better than everyone else's ba- uh, first string yeah, back row. Marmion Carberry. You know, you know Bundyaki is a very very capable number eight. Actually, Chris Chris uh, Bundyaki is actually like you said, he he joined number in in the scrum whenever O'Mahony was missing. Yeah, yeah. No, he I I think he used to play number eight. Um, he probably did, and then yeah. he switched to centre because he's actually got really good pace. Yeah, uh, and then you think of the the yeah the fly half Joey Carberry and Joey Carberry, Kieran Marmion scrum half. Um, you've Zeebo, got Zebo in the wings. You've got Zebo in the wing. Even Andrew Conway on yeah. the wing. Jordan Larmer as well. Jordan Larmer. You've got Fergus McFadden. You've got. Um, I would say Jordan Larmer would probably fit in more at centre. Um, Chris Farrell, Henshaw. Chris Farrell, Henshaw. Well, Henshaw would be probably fair. Yeah, but. I mean, you rule without it's just, him for it's yeah. d- and 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 I mean that's the second string team. Yeah, that's the second string team. Everybody, it's I mean, it says that's a lot. Crazy if that team goes out there, it beats, you know, yeah, six of the top ten in the world, and which is exciting. You know, we're second in the world at the moment, only behind New Zealand. But when it comes to the World Cup next year in twenty nineteen, we could be we could be in a, we could be in a really really. A good place to, depending on what teams we draw and the group that we get or whatever. Well, the, the groups, groups have been drawn. Well, yeah, they, yeah, the groups have been drawn. But like, depending on what, depending on how we perform in the groups, and if everyone has a clean bill of health, and mm. if we, depending on who we might get in the quarters, it's as as amazing as this sounds. It's a very good chance it's Australia. Yeah. And I mean, we're going actually for a summer tour to Australia, which yeah, would so be which would be, be a nice a nice, and a that nice should test. be the time that Joe Schmidt brings in even more young blood because there's so yeah. much more that still come yeah. through you yeah. look at you know provincial level even you know below that again there's so much exciting talent in Irish rugby it's just such a it's it's the best Irish rugby has ever been full stop hands down in my opinion yeah. and we've got you know three you know big you know the, the Australian tour then we're playing New Zealand in the autumn yeah. And then we're we've got another Six Nations, obviously. Yeah. And then it's you know it's World really, Cup time. Yeah. Um, it's it's locked down at that stage. Yeah. And I think the Six Nations will be largely ignored. Um. Maybe. May, yeah. Maybe not ignored. It, that literally the Six Nations might be the warm up tournament for the World yeah, Cup. Yeah. In twenty fifteen, Ireland won the Six Nations, and it was just everybody's like, okay, yeah, we won. Yeah. World, World Cup. Cup time. Yeah. You know, and I felt like it was. You, you know it was a it was and it was actually one of the most exciting six nations ever because england uh needed a try in the last minute and yeah. they literally had all 15 players in the biggest mall you've ever seen <laughs> trying to go ah oh, oh, and th- and then everybody just forgot about it because it was a world cup year but yeah uh i've i actually do remember that last day quite 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 well um and when you're thinking about uh young players coming through and even more to come through that kind of begs the question who has been in the last let's say 12 months who's been the best kind of newcomer to the Ireland squad I there's quite a there's quite a few um, names to I throw about here I don't think anyone can disagree with Stockdale well I mean, yeah him or Furlong well, Furlong yeah but for I suppose yeah last 12 months to be fair yeah I didn't think about that time <laughs> yeah. yeah he seems to think Furlong's you, been yeah, there yeah he, he yeah. has that air of you have that air of confidence Stockdale still goes missing in games for large periods yeah and that's why I don't give him players Hormond because until he got the try against England I don't think he had carried the ball once or at, at least he'd not made more than 10 metres um, yeah. until that moment whereas Furlong is 
ever present and ever influential. Um, I think there's there's a load of names you can throw about here. The, you know the likes mm-hmm. of James Ryan, the likes of Chris even Farrell, Josh Josh Vanderflair, Josh Vanderflair, Chris Farrell, Andrew Conway, Jordan Larmer, Jack Conan, Dan, uh, Levy. Dan Levy as well. You know there's so many. Yeah, names, how good you know? was Dan Levy coming in at number seven after uh, Vanderflair's injury? Uh, just so good. Yeah, it would actually make you question why he didn't start in the first place. Or yeah, and to think yeah. that, how good to think that there's still is. Sean O'Brien is still technically not retired though yeah I mean that number seven spot is it's almost like we didn't miss Jamie Heaslip at all as well yeah, you know, yeah. St- st- Stander filled in perfectly uh, Stander is he's world class it's making yeah. no mistake though I think his level isn't quite what it was maybe last year or the year yeah before. I mean the ankle injury is, has kind of hindered him definitely but he was absolutely monstrous against England I suppose to in a way um, we really he was sort of the driving force back then like he was our mm. he was our main Go to man or main ball carrier. Whilst now there's a few of them, so he doesn't have to be the. Yeah. I feel like teams probably uh, target him a lot more now because That's of that season. Mm. And now we've got players outside of him everywhere. Really, they can do those ball carrying skills, and we've got. He, I mean, he doesn't look. He still looks really excited, but he's not the player he was back then yet. Because it's really not still as important to Ireland. Yeah. The balance of this Irish team has better than it's ever been. The, the difference between the backs and the forwards, and the sort of you know, we've got incredibly pacey and incredibly skillful backs, and incredibly brutish, strong and determined forwards. And it's yeah. just it's a lethal, It makes for lethal combinations at times. And the the combined with Joe Schmidt's tried, tested, maybe not the prettiest kicking game. I mean, yeah, I'd be fearful of him being New Zealand coach because. You know, throw in their offload ability and their yeah. their their they're um, just natural their, flair as and well. their natural flair and they could just be. I mean, I think that is his natural progression. Jo- for yeah, Smith which is, is unfortunate for the whole of rugby, let alone Ireland, but the whole of rugby because, like you said, they'll just become another unstoppable. They're kind of in a lull at the moment, but they they'll just become another unstoppable force. Yeah, I think next year New Zealand could be there for the taking uh, because Steve Hansen's been New Zealand coach for so many years now and we've seen in the Lions tour mm. despite the fact that they probably should have won that tour um, yeah I mean you could make the argument that Sonny Bill Williams kind of cost them that tour by getting sent off uh, the referee cost them that tour for an accidental offside which well, yeah. was <laughs> anything but yeah. um, but thank you Roman Poir. Uh <laughs> but I do think that next year Ireland could win the Rugby World Cup They have that has to be the ambition yeah. And I know our Rugby World Cup hoodoo is the quarterfinal stage. And yeah, we can't I mean, pass it. I mean, uh, I was talking to Dylan Mangan yesterday, um, and he said he would be happy if we got past the quarterfinals, which is quite a low standard considering you know we're the top, you know we're the second best nation in the world, and we'd be happy with a top four finishing in the in the World Cup. It doesn't seem to add up to me, but I do kind of understand where he where he's coming from because we do always so perform. much heartbreak. Yeah, I mean, Ireland will always perform better, no matter what sport they're in, as the underdogs. And if we temper our expectations going into the World Cup, I think it really could do us. Um, I feel though now this is the best. Um, this is the best squad we've had in te- going into a World Cup year in terms of depth. There's just, oh, definitely, it's so only going to get deeper as well. Yeah. yeah, there's so much depth in that team. I mean, twenty eleven was after sort of the. We didn't really get. It was tough to yeah. get rid of the O nine 
Grand Slam winning team because was they were, yeah, yeah. They, there yeah, was still a lot of them left. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was just it was sort of like it came probably two years too late for them because they had their peaks in 09. But how do you? I mean, that was the first team to win a Grand Slam for us in something like 60 odd years at the time. Yeah, so yeah, it, it was, was hard. To, 60, I think. Actually. Yeah, mm. it was. It was very d- difficult to not give them that World Cup. Yeah, but, and then this team though, they they haven't even hit their peak. Oh, yeah, they they yeah. this this team is going to be around for a while. I mean, you've got the likes of say the older the elder statesman like Devin Toner. James Ryan's already replaced him. Uh, Rob Kearney. We've already got Jordan Larmer. We've already got Robbie Henshaw can play fullback as well. But you think though, Rob Kearney was so good in this tournament. Yep. I still think he has another year left in him. I really oh, he do. does. He he has a contract extension. He himself and Rory Best will be around oh. for for the World Cup. And that's excellent news, but and you need that balance of experience yeah, and natural only, youth and flair. The only position on the pitch that I can think of out of all the fifteen positions that we do not have a young, up and coming, and promising, well, almost what nearly world class already replacement would be scrum half. Yeah, I mean Sean Sean Cronin in his own right is you know the for, you know to 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 use a term um, forever the bridesmaid, never the bride. He's always been that backup. He's now, you know, whether it was Keith Wood or whether it was, you know, now Rory Best for a long time. I, you know, when Cronin gets a run on the team, he'll be, what, 32, 33. He'll only be around for a few years. So, you know, that's the only place maybe that we could do with some improvement with that. Hooker and scrum half. I think if think if Marmion gets his chance, I think he'll 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 make that position his own. And even at that, Conor Murray still is not old by any stretch of the imagination. 31? think he's 30 yeah. yeah I thought you still got as a scrum half you don't wear quite so bad Peter Stringer still plays like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's you've kind got, of you've got you three know. or four years and that's that's three or four years to find somebody to replace him yeah you know Kieran Marmion might not necessarily be that man exactly and yeah. in Joey Carberry I do think we have an adequate replacement um at fly half uh, sorry a, a very good replacement at fly half um but I would disagree slightly I mean, I it think he has a lot to learn in that position. Uh, well, I, 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 I do as well, and he doesn't. I, th- I he's think, not to be honest, I, I don't. I think had Paddy Jackson still been, still been playing Irish rugby or whatever, what had things gone differently, he would have been the definite like for like replacement because. He well, let's, let's, we'll, we'll, we'll not we'll not we dwell on that. don't want to go into that. Yeah. But if he was to come back into the fray in the future, uh, he, won't. he won't. But, but like, he, yeah. he would have been that replacement. Yeah. But obviously. I, I think sort of for Schmidt, that was the plan. Yeah, you know that yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. And, and now I there's a big. Unfortunately gap. for yeah. Irish rugby, yeah, that, now that, there's a now yeah. there's that gap now where we've got to bring a man bring in who's maybe who, the third yeah and it's yeah. probably a bit too early for him because yeah but at the same time it's you know, very, very young for a lad like that to come like it's probably yeah the, but at the same time I would have no hesitation with throwing him in as a defence almost not maybe just leaving Sexton at home for the Australia tour completely oh yeah and, oh yeah, yeah oh absolutely yeah. and, and I think I think Carberry will get a, a starts in the World Cup because obviously we're going to be yeah. playing tier 3 throw, tier 4 yeah, yeah. Give, give, uh, throw Carberry and Ian Keatley on the plane to Australia and let those two just go at it and you know whichever one adapts to a top class international team quicker would be the second choice of Sexton so let's not like. forget they are our engine yeah Sexton and Murray and you know they without you take them out they, you're ripping the heart of the team out and they do need to be the, they they are the positions I'd be most concerned about on the pitch. Yeah, yeah. Um, because I think pretty much everywhere else you've just got abundance of talent because they are the most specialist positions. 
They are, yeah. Uh, the hardest ones to replace, particularly scrum half. It's so specialist, you know. Hmm. It's very tough to find another. It's it's like it's like it's like hooker in a way, yeah. only more specialized. It's very you, hard. Yeah, you need you need to be able to just fizz the ball out with pres- with pinpoint accuracy. And it's just and finding so somebody who's the right build. You sh- yeah. sh- sh- shorter and oddly enough, in the statement and Cronin, I do agree with you that he'll probably be thirty two or yeah whatever age by the time Rory Best finishes. But the best years of Rory Best's career has been since he's turned thirty. This is this is true, yeah. <laughs> this is this true, is very yeah. true. Yeah, like, I mean, if you think about it, he was sort of a his lineout game wasn't brilliant. Yeah. Until he turned about thirty one, thirty two, mm. his leadership wasn't brilliant. He's really stood out as a leader now. He's a brilliant yeah. talker. He's not afraid to be in front of the. Ca- I know he has those duties. I know he was captaincy, mm. but even before he got the captaincy, he wasn't afraid. Just you know, just before it happened. When um, he slipped with captain and hmm. even uh, O'Driscoll towards the end, he um, you could see he was started blossoming, and we could see the same with Cronin. We could, and I I hope we do because Cronin deserves. Yeah, he's, he's been, been such a, a good servant to yeah. Irish rugby, yeah. and and he's he's such a unique hooker as well because he's so quick off the line as well. Yeah. You know, he's. I think I heard a story that he used to be able to run a hundred meters in like eleven seconds. For someone that's a hooker, you should not be able to do that. Yeah. I I would I wouldn't doubt that at all because he's yeah. one of the best in the world at hooker for um his speed and like his tackle on Mike Brown in the England match. You know Mike Brown is on the line, sp- clear space in front of him. Like maybe and Mike Brown is a good player. Let's not he's quick yeah. as well. Like yeah, he's, he's very quick. He's quick. Although although Stockdale absolutely smoked him for for his try. You yeah, know but I mean this is Stockdale. Yeah, he's, like he's like you know he's 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 just lightning, but. Mike Brown is not slow, and Sean Cronin, sw- like just ate him for breakfast and put him into touch, and it was probably one of the more defi- like most defining moments. Mike in match. Brown sitting there, yeah. on the touchline, going. I what think more I, could I have done? I think that was the moment that England really lost hope in that match. Yeah, it's very and, true. Um, if we could just yeah. uh, uh, actually just says Stockdale and pace. I just thought of his intercept against Wales. Wales were a team that really, in that Six Nations exceeded a lot of people's expectations they did because and of I think that I th- long injury list yeah I think what happened was basically Warren Gatland saw this big long injury list and then saw that like 10 of the Scarlet starting 15 were available to him and just thought you know what just play like the Scarlets and they tore Scotland apart in the first match and they should have beaten England in the second yep. match TMO they- robbed them and then they came to Aviva Stadium and in fairness were beaten, but they caused us a lot of problems. In fact, I'd say that, that was game that. was never over. I'd I'd, I'd say point. yeah, that that was the hardest match that we came up against in the entire tournament. They went and they destroyed Italy and then they lost narrowly to lost to France. narrowly lost to France, who were always improving throughout the no, tournament. No, I think they or did they win? It was fourteen thirteen in a way. Fourteen thirteen to Wales. Oh, right. oh yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no. It might have been Wales actually. Yeah, I, I was in the pub, but I know it was fourteen thirteen. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think, yeah, I think, yeah, I think it was an, yeah, I think it was a narrow win against Wales, and they finished second in the tournament. Like, it was, it was, it yeah, was fourteen thirteen Wales. Yeah, it was like they they finished yeah. second in the tournament, and you know they really were the second. They were genuinely the second best team in the tournament. Yeah, I think um, it's good to see the France had a little bit of that passion back as well you know, yeah as it a was team, a uh, r- rugby fr- France is, is rugby's most unique case because mm. it's, it's they, you they know, sum up France as a stereotype in general it's <laughs> true but because they, they see their league as more important than their national team yeah. in many respects which is 
unheard of in rugby. I mean, national Crazy. level is yeah. it's it's like football is like club football, like soccer is like you know yeah. as important as international, but mm. in rugby, international is the pinnacle by a mile. Yeah, you yeah. Know? but for some reason in France, that's the 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 top fourteen is huge over there, uh, and and often regional coaches, club coaches take precedence over the national coach so if they want to retain a player for a big top 14 game they can because the French rugby union don't have the authority to rip them away from yeah, regional yeah. squads and so it's very tough for French rugby um, and for years they were able to kind of semi cope with this but hopefully now they're you know able to you know the passion for national yeah, French it rugby was almost, back. It was, it was almost like someone just let the shackles off their team and it was Okay, yeah, they had a bit of a bizarre incident halfway through the tournament, but they, they didn't seem to affect them. Like half their best players were dropped, and they still went and and yeah. demolished Italy and uh, beat beat England as well. Be, well, so. that was an incredible performance against yeah. England in many respects. For years too, like they've been taking like the the likes of Habana played in France, Wilkinson. Uh, yeah, they Carter. had Carter was playing for yeah. Montpellier as well. Like I mean, taking those players is. They were all towards going towards the end of their career at that stage too. Yeah, they've and now taking them is all brilliant for the league. Like, yeah, everyone wants to see them. Probably gets uh, tickets paid like to games, but mm. it hurt the national hurt team. The na- yeah, it definitely hurts the national team. Like Maybe these even Sexton played for Racing. Yeah. These fellas yeah, are like you know yeah Don Donica Ryan's uh in playing in France now. You've got Manny Dolo as well playing for Montpellier. Ruin Pinar went uh, moved from Ulster. It is it is the the most prestigious. Uh, rugby league in Europe yeah, I would yeah, argue absolutely. so it can be very very tough for national players to get looking when you have all these international players exactly yeah. I mean how do they how do they bring young players in when how do you drop Johnny Sexton for some uh, up and coming French player up and coming 23 year old extremely exciting French lad but Johnny it's, Sexton's getting it said it all when they played Boxies against what's it oh, oh god uh, when um, they played which it was their second game yeah. Uh, after the Ireland defeat, they, or no, it was against Ireland. They decided to play box east, wasn't it? Um, the thirty-something-year-old who hadn't played in seven years or something like that. I don't think that was Ireland. I think that was the Scotland match. Scotland, yes, it was. Yeah. They played box east. Yes, you're right. Yeah. And I thought that was absolutely bizarre. I remember the last game he played, you, the six or seven years ago, and. You know that that said it all for me about the troubles in mm. French rugby that you know just national players just don't get a look in and it's almost like the sort of the Man City problem. You know. Yeah, I was football. I was literally just about like the French the French rugby league is almost similar to the Premier League in that it attracts all the big uh the big talents, but you know French players are kind of a little bit reluctant to leave their home country when it comes to playing rugby. It's the same as English and Scottish and Welsh players will be uh reluctant to leave the 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 British Isles so to speak. So. It, it, it's hard for them to break into a team of international superstars it generally mm. just leaves a group of average players because like the the Premier League and it seems to be the what happened with the rugby in France too the, the better players and the more important positions are all being taken up by players that have been brought into the league paid the big wages yeah. you know from different leagues foreign players or whatever and like it hurts England it hurts France rugby team massively, yeah, yeah, absolutely, and it is that is the biggest problem in French rugby, I would say, and so yeah, hope and to see that reversed. 
yeah well ho- hopefully for the sake of rugby it will be reversed because it'll it'll create a, a more kind of fair european competition the more like um because the best mm. english players play in england and the best irish players play in ireland but the yeah. french best french players are don't get don't get a chance because exactly like who on a, on a club level who who knows who maxi machino plays for my point exactly he <laughs> played for 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 Claremont, I thought I, I I thought he played for La Rochelle, but I don't think he does. Um, this is the thing, like no, like I he's he's, guess Claremont. he's he's the starting scrum half of France, and yet no one, like we can't name who he plays for because he doesn't, he won't get game. French players won't get game time against the likes of say your your Sextons or your Wilkinsons or your Carters or whatever. Yep, very true. And I suppose to move on uh, to a different topic now completely. Uh, Martin O'Neill, our favorite manager. Love him. Uh, he's <laughs> somehow he is somehow in charge of putting uh, a team out in an international friendly to face Turkey tomorrow uh, as this podcast being recorded on the Thursday before the Turkey International and RTE uh, put out a possible 11 that could go out and face I'm not sure if this is what they want or who they're predicting I would say that's who they're predicting because they have Connor Doyle in nets Colin Doyle or, or yeah Col- Colin Doyle sorry yeah. Colin Doyle in well, I mean he has been um, it's been I think it was either nine yeah I think it was nine years since his last the, the last time he's actually played for Ireland but he's been in a load of squads since then yeah so maybe it's not the worst thing to give him a half I mean, the last has been a. It's a friendly against Turkey. Yeah. Let's the, not yeah, forget it. Yeah, I know it's the f- I know it's a friendly against Turkey, but the most I w- the most amount of minutes I wanted to play is forty five because yeah. I would really like to see Kieran O'Hara get yeah. a chance. And I think it might actually be better to take the the Kieran O'Hara lad in from half time. Mm, takes a lot maybe. of pressure off. It's for uh, he's twenty one, isn't he? Twi- yeah, he might even be twenty. Yeah. Tw- yeah, like I mean, that's I know it's only a friendly, but I mean, if I was in that position, I'd be pretty nervy. Like playing international football for the first time a lot easier if you come into a game at half time there's no anthems there's As no a goalkeeper though it's strange ah uh, it is strange but you want to get as many like there's only is, is it it's there's another match as well there's another friendly happening i think yeah yeah i think we have a couple of friendlies yeah yeah but like for only only two only two games you know and if you're going to give colin doyle his his like time in the spotlight you need to you know that kind of restricts the time for other players as well they have Seamus Coleman starting right back, which I guess, in a way, in in a way, makes sense because it'll get him back into the international scene and get him back playing international football again. Yeah, he probably needs the minutes, the time too, like he yeah. since the injury. But I would love to see Matt Doherty getting a run out, even if it's at left back. I'll come back to Matt Doherty because Matt Doherty appears to be starting right mid in this team, from what I can see. Right. Wow. Okay. Um, which That's is conservative. A, yeah, it's a bit. It's a bit of a strange call, but. I mean, he is. He plays best as a right wing back. He's an extremely. He is a talented footballer. Yeah. He's a very, very good footballer. He'll probably be playing Premier League football week in, week out next year. Especially if Wolves get if Wolves get yeah, promotion, which is looking likely anyway. No, uh, well, I, they will get promoted. It's I, th- I think it's whether they win the title or not. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, um, he's going to be a Premier League player next year, and the more Premier League players in the team, the better. Yep. Uh, Declan Rice getting a start. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Perfect sense. Um, Shane Duffy standing alongside him. Not um, sure if, it's, if they want the future partnership. I suppose yep. now's the time to start building it. And especially as Duffy, it's, yeah. it's good to put a, it's good to put a um a, ca- a camera a, head. A camera head, an ex- more experienced head, along with uh, a younger lad like that. And yep. as well, Duffy got 
player of the year there. He did, yeah. The other night, so maybe it's I would suggest maybe for the other friendly then play maybe the likes of Kevin Long and Kieran Clark as, yeah, as a yeah, partnership exactly. as well. Uh, and Stevens appears to be playing left back from what I can see here, which you know again he's in the squad for a reason. You know yeah. if you're going to blood Irish, if you're going to blood new talent, this is the way to do it. Um, no real complaints there. Conor Horahan, David Myler, Jeff Hendrick are the mid- are like the midfield. And this is where I have a bit of a problem because there's no... I, ca- I can't remember if he's injured or who who's actually in the squad. I know Liam... It's a crying shame that Liam Kelly has decided to pull a Jack Grealish on it because he would have been right in there to start behind Sean Maguire. Yeah, possibly, but... Um, I, I can see where you're going with this and it's just it's not very experimental midfield at all. Yeah, but then again, I can't remember who in the twenty five man squad actually who actually made the twenty five man squad. Whether Odada was there, or O'Kane was there, or anyone I think like that. Odada was is just returning from injury, so yeah. I don't know if he would have made it in time. Yeah, there's big games coming up for for Bristol as well, yeah. so mm. probably they probably didn't really want him. Uh, James McLean is starting left mid, and this is one thing I'm not agreeing with because I think Daryl Horgan should have that spot, especially for one of the friendly. Maybe Daryl Horgan starting the second friendly, but. Well, this is like you know, if, if this would be like the equivalent of Joe Smith against Australia in the summer, going out and playing what playing is the team that played against England. You know yeah. what I mean? Like there's, you know, it's it's a time. It should be a time to try new things, and it's if this is what Martin O'Neill is going with. Um, the only problem is McLean isn't getting an awful lot of football lately. Uh, West, West Brom, Brom yeah. yeah. Maybe it's an idea just give him seventy five minutes tomorrow night and give Horgan the game. Maybe yeah. I in fairness, I, w- I, w- I wouldn't be against that as long as Horgan gets a decent amount of game yeah. time uh, over the course of the two games. I'll be happy enough. And then Shawnee McGuire, um, starting up front. I don't think anyone can complain about that. Yeah, he's he's probably you know our new striker at international yeah. level. Let's be honest. I'm sort of worried for him when he when he went out injured. You know, but the hamstring was nearly easy yeah. for a while. Was it a few months? Uh, he was out for two, two to three months. Yeah, two to three months. Yeah, a long time. It was a long time. Like, and I started for a player coming over. Like he came over, had seen pretty well. I think he scored four goals earlier on, got a few assists. Yep. And I, I was kind of worried from then. But he's coming back. Would he be fit to turn it on again? And he's hit the he's ground running. Like he's twice as good since he's come back. Yeah. Uh, I get again. I must stress this. This is just what RTE are saying could yeah, be the yeah, team. Yeah. We'll fi- we'll find out tomorrow at some stage. Uh, what the team actually is. Um, is there any other names just off the top of your head that you would have liked to see in there? I think it's a pretty fair team in all honesty, and it's good to see that new players are getting introduced as well. I would like to see Greg Cunningham getting a run out. Yeah, I think the most important thing, the most important thing is 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 to see. Um. At least some new players in there. So to see Declan Rice in there, you know, see yeah. Matt Darty in there, you know, it's it it it's you know, we don't need a whole new starting eleven. We just need to improve in three or four positions. I think centre back is it. I think I don't think Kieran Clark is good enough for international level. Um, so I think Declan I think I think Duffy and Rice will be the uh, yeah. will be the partnership from now on in. It would be I nice too to see um, Lenahan off Blackburn get a yeah Darrell Lenahan. Um, he's again, through, he's been a yeah. hole and he's gone there now. And he's from what I hear, he's been really impressing this year. So, hmm. this is the thing like, we can name names all we want, but there are only 11 spots in the football team, and you're not going to throw yeah, a, a, a team of absolute unknowns yeah, uh, against in regards like to Matt Doherty. Though, do we think right mid is this like an experiment for O'Neill to see if he can function there? 
Well, again, this isn't only this is our. No, oh yeah. RT, well, do you like, think that would be? It it might be because uh, like as Chris says, he's a he's a wing back. He's he's a very attacking player, and to play him at right mid when you've got someone like Seamus Coleman behind him guiding him, uh, as the match goes along, you know Coleman's also a very attacking player. The two of them combined could work well down the right hand side. Pl- he he plays for, for a wing back. He plays um, he often comes inside too. Hmm. Plays. Sort of Danny Alves esque. <laughs> yeah, he, he does take off, take take off half spaces sometimes, and that may be a, maybe that was something that was spotted in training to allow Coleman as to, much. To, yeah, to, to bomb up the right. Yeah, for, I mean, overlap. for the past about three or four years since he's broken to the team, he's more or less been our most creative player. Yeah, and that's kind of shocking to say yeah. from right back, but yeah. I mean, yeah, sure, Hulahan <laughs> was there. Hendricks had one or two decent productive Robbie games. Brady had a good Brady's, left boot, but yeah. Harry Arder can can ping one in from distance if he when he when he wants to. But a lot of our chances have come from Coleman going down the right and just I mean, not really using anyone else, just yeah. I, it does feel a little bit deflating going from the excitement and the flair that is Irish rugby at the moment. Yeah. Going to what yeah. is a, 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 a weird period in Irish soccer. A very weird period because the Martin O'Neill honeymoon is two years gone. Two years gone. <laughs> Four years gone. Uh, a long time gone. I know. I will, no, we'll, we'll, we'll give him Euro 2016. Right. It, 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 that, 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 that was, you know, where we were like, oh, we were in love with Martin O'Neill during yeah. Euro 2016. And we thought that was great. And it was a decent tournament for Ireland. And, you know, we had France on the ropes. We did well, yeah. It was just like those three minutes, whatever, where we let Griezmann score twice and that was it. Yeah. Um, and then... From then, since then, it, the World Cup campaign went so well for the first half, yeah. and so wrong for the second half. And obviously, let's not talk. We, you know, we had enough talk about that playoff. Uh, yeah. It, and now we're in a period where I thought O'Neill should have left. I thought that was the right time to go. Mm. He, he, you know, he, he, he had a few campaigns, and now he's still here. And it, it, so if I want to see a different style of football and if I don't see that in these friendlies I'm gonna start palpitating because my heart <laughs> is because I really can't stand another two to three years of hoofing it and having no idea what we're doing yeah I think I if 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 we go to t- if we play Turkey tomorrow evening and it's something that came out of you know the latter half of the of the qualifying stage for the World Cup this year I am going to just lose all hope and I'll, I'll just check out, I'll mentally check out, bring me back whenever a new manager comes along because like, mm. as far as I'm concerned, Martin O'Neill will have lost one more um, viewer of Irish soccer. Well, me and you were very um, vocally in, um, on previous podcasts about our displeasure that he got a new deal following the yeah. World Cup qualifying campaign. Yeah. Um. So you know, for me, it's it's um, I, I'm on tender hooks with him. If and yeah, as you were. I haven't been as annoyed as you do. I think I was on one of those podcasts, or maybe it was. Yeah, I think you were. Yeah, I think you were. Yeah, yeah. But the problem for me was, and I remember I kept reiterating that night, or that day, or whatever, whenever it was, was who who was there to, who who could we get to replace him. That was the issue for me. Yeah, I mean, it's, it still is the issue. The I would rather I would rather for him to continue. Somebody that knows the players, hmm. he will have done work with the younger lad. You know, he'll have seen who's coming into the squad. He'll have seen these younger lads. Sort of a better the devil, you yeah. know. Sort of. Yeah, mm. that that's it for me. I wouldn't be his biggest fan, 
I used to love him when he was back at Celtic. I loved him at Aston Villa because my brother's an Aston Villa supporter. I mm. always I liked the way he set out his sides. Since then, it's not been it's not been great. What annoys me so much is just how little he believes in his own players by evidence of the way they play football. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I think was it Alex? Of course, it was Alex brought this up. Uh, in a previous podcast when we were talking about Martin O'Neill is that the Celtic sides of the early 2000s played fantastic football yeah but I mean the Celtic sides of the early 2000s had fantastic players you yeah that's, this, this, this is the problem this is the counter it's, but I it's, still think we don't have to play like Celtic from the early 2000s but we don't have to play like Ireland from the 1990s or like um, Sunderland for the past seven Premier League seasons yeah <laughs> but I, I, in a way I'd, I'd I don't think we're that. I fail to think we're as bad as you used to think we are. I don't think we're bad. No, I, no, no we're not. You've caught me wrong. I yeah, think no, Martin but O'Neill sorry, makes us play yeah, bad. Yeah, too. but I don't. I fail to think Martin O'Neill's as bad as you are because every time you say that, I just get a little image of uh, Trapattoni on the side of my yeah, head. Yeah, well. Think, Things have yeah, been I a mean, hell of a tra- lot tra- worse. Tony wasn't much better, but at the same time, oh, like the, on, he, the argument he was definitely worse. The argument that always keeps coming back in my head is Georgia away. Like they're they're a team. Okay, they're ranked a little bit lower than they should be, but they're still they should they should still be about fifty places lower than we are, and they played us off the park. They had seventy five percent possession. We had yeah. like two shots on target. Look, you look at even you look at any team in the like a ball playing team in. Look at Rochdale against Tottenham in that first leg. Yeah. In the FA Cup. Rochdale are not as good as the Irish international football team. And yet yeah. they were they played really good football. Okay, they got smashed in the second leg, but they still played really good football. Yeah. Right? Anybody can play really good football. It's being good at playing good football. But it's it's a bit more difficult for international teams because a club team trades every yeah. day of every week. Yeah, well then like Georgia, I mean, you know, they were they were able to play I mean, a lot uh, to do with international football, though, as being the home side. I mean, you say that, but Martin O'Neill's away oh, record was also quite, quite better than his home record. Quite good <laughs> yeah. as well. But I mean, in terms of possession, uh, in like in competitions, if you watch most teams, unless you're part of the elite, uh, I, I will say a team below twentieth in the world will go to an away game setting up. But the idea of staying tight. I, I, it, you look at the Trapattoni versus O'Neill argument, and you have to. The one thing, the only thing O'Neill has actually done better than Trapattoni is perform in a tournament. Well, within the tournament that he qualified for. Other than that, I don't see how O'Neill has exceeded Trapattoni. We don't play much better. We play better football, but not much I better. I would say he's also bleeded a, a lot more talented players. Not more talent, but a bleeding yeah, more young players. I mean, players, yeah. sorry. I mean, I if, mean, if you look at the average age, we had the oldest average age squad at Euro twenty twelve. Yeah, like it yeah. was trap held on to those lads for. It felt yeah. like he was. I mean, Seamus Col- yeah, Coleman, James McLean. I'm not saying James McLean's a brilliant footballer, but back then he was raw. He was exciting. He was playing some unbelievable stuff for Sunderland. Sunderland, yeah. Time, yeah. Uh, Seamus Coleman was one of the most exciting right backs in the league. And neither of them could get a look into that squad. James McCarthy was playing brilliant. Oh, I know. It, it, I, it's, it, I feel like now the talent's probably less. But, I mean, O'Neill's given... He got Shane Duffy into the squad. He 
he's given Declan Rice a chance eventually. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's still only. He gave Sean Maguire ten minutes against Andorra at home. So, like, it was pretty much it was, it was, it was pretty minutes. So I think oh, I th- oh they, they were they were ten <laughs> excellent minutes. I was at the match and it was all like yeah. Sean Maguire nearly scored like two minutes after coming off. Yeah. I think I think you know he's done better in that respect to Trap obviously he's done better in that but respect yeah. to Trap but it needed to be a revolution of Irish football it needed to be let's just go wild give all the young players a chance give the League of Ireland players a chance and instead we're still holding on to stalwart Premier League players who perform 6 out of 10 every week I, I suppose but it's the real problem is deeper in the roots of Irish football like what Delaney's it's oh. oh, we're going like down a rabbit hole here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we. I, mean, I think. I think. I think Alex Donis kind of said everything on this on this topic already on the podcast. There's yeah. so many people in Irish football like that that could be involved that aren't, and that's probably a. I'm not going to go into naming names. Alex has probably named them all. Well, we we, we had a whole podcast did. after the Denmark game where we basically you know we did an autopsy of what was wrong and really Alex just delved deep into yeah. the the problems of it's Irish it's worth bringing up again though because like it's just it's not going away like it's, he, it, and it continues to be the neglect of the national league even even at the start of this season um the start of the league of ireland season first division finna harps traveling to yeah. Drogheda, and Actually, one part that went to the game yeah one part of the floodlights failed and the game was called off like there was more than enough light like jared grimes a uh, friend of our friend of me and luke's he was there covering uh, covering the match for extra time. He he sent um, extra time to the thing on Twitter where they uh, they compile a whole pile of videos from all the reporters. Jared Grimes has said, "Oh yeah, the match between Drogheda and Finn Harps was called off because of a because of a broken floodlight." And he turns the camera to point at a at a lit floodlight. Like there was more than enough light to play the match. It just yeah, I, know I don't know what happened. Ollie Horgan was absolutely raged at the um, at the idea of the game being called off because. As he said afterwards, these these lads have to be paid. The bus has to be paid. Yeah, everything is to be paid, and for a match to be postponed for something as stupid as that, it's at this level. I mean, this is supposed to be the premier level of Irish football. And floodlights. Yeah, and I mean small floodlight failures are it, could, yeah. It, no, I don't need it, to. The option was there all. I mean, it's been ages since the league's finished last year. Yeah. There was so much time to have this sorted out. I mean, it could have been looked at so many hours before kickoff. It looked at like so many months before yeah. kickoff, like as you said. Even li- even even in the couple of days before, you know, yeah. we thought they might have tested the lights or whatever. No, no. clearly not. No, turn them on. Oh, sorry, lads, you've come I hundreds know. of miles. I mean, for to go home. for people <laughs> driving from Donegal up to that. There'll be, I mean, yeah, there'll be, there'll be people who there'll be people who uh, would travel to the match from Karen Donna who maybe would be travelling yeah. for four or five hours and they'd get to the match and then realise, oh wait, I have to go back home again now. And that's that's forty euro of petrol down the down the swine like and easily. League of Ireland isn't each year in certain teams numbers because spectators are going up a bit, but a lot of attendances are going down and things like this are just gonna yeah, it's yeah. Just like gonna who's gonna want to do that again? Yeah. You know, you know, you're just gonna. And think. we're a small country as well. Yeah, and that's the scary thing is that in England, fans, thousands of fans will travel from Liverpool to to Southampton. Oh, which yeah. is they just quadruple the distance of Donegal to Louth. Yeah, uh, and and yet we can't get more than a hundred away supporters to go to a football match. 
Yeah, yeah. in England they can get five thousand. Yeah, I was at the. I, it's it's scary. I was at the Harps um, Shelburne game, and their bus broke down in uh, Monaghan, I believe it was. <laughs> but I mean, there was only about fifty of them. They were noisy. They were. I think I think I think the key term is watch, I think the key term is bus singular, not even multiple. Yeah, ones. yeah. But, but you know, one bus that probably wasn't even full. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it's uh, it just shows like nobody travels. To the, yeah, the the only time I've been in Finn, like usually, usually you know, League of Ireland stadiums, might they might like section off sec um se- uh, parts of the stadium, like terraces for the stadium for away supporters. They don't do that in Finn Park. They let everyone just like wander around. Yeah. You can do a whole lap of the pitch in Finn Park easily enough. Um, the only time they do it is if Derry City or Sligo Rovers play because they're local derbies. And you know they know that mm. there's a good chance that they might get um a, a decent amount of away supporters, or sometimes for Dublin clubs, especially Shamrock Rovers, because I know the Shamrock Rovers fans can be a little bit dodgy. To say the least. <laughs> the answer I would love the question for is um, how many Finn Harps fans were in Cove. On Paddy's night, I would say a maximum of ten. I mean, for me, <laughs> fair pay to those ten people. <laughs> yeah. though. For me, that that fixture alone is something. What's wrong with Irish football and uh, their like? And the it's leagues. there's and it goes Why even have, deeper than that. And you could argue like th- there's very poor public transport in Ireland. Like in England, you yeah. can get a train from anywhere to anywhere. Yeah, without question. In Ireland, that's just not possible. And you know that's part of the reason we didn't get the Rugby World Cup for for rugby for, for rugby for twenty twenty three twenty twenty three yeah yeah because the stupid things like that you know I, I was speaking to a lad at the Finn Harps game on Monday there last week you might know me the soccer Donegal um oh god yeah, his well Kieran McGrath does that page on Facebook oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. he was oh. gonna travel to the game to the Cove game. Mm. and he w- had to get a bus to Dublin then get a bus to Cork and then a bus to Cove oh I well believe it like I mean yeah yeah I mean yeah and like you could honestly um, you can honestly say like even the airport at Carrick Finn won't do flights to Cork I don't think um, no it doesn't it, it'll, 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 do fli- it'll do flights to Dublin but it takes about it'll two it takes about two hours to get to the play to get to the airport anyway from uh, like Letterkenny well, so it takes 20 minutes from where I live well yeah but that's because yeah. you live in the back house of nowhere so Harsh. <laughs> true <laughs> but I mean ah, it takes about 15 minutes from Letterkenny yeah like but it's, I mean it's, yeah. I, I know teams have like I know the Donegal team flew to Cork a few years ago and the options probably there for the Fnarp team to do the same it's probably costly but for spectators it, the option isn't there yeah too expensive and well buses aren't cheap either I tell you yeah uh, but but uh, these are just some of the problems and then then there's also advertising and then there's also you know all of our players don't want to play in our national league and it just there's so many issues that we can list off issues that don't exist in rugby you know uh, yeah you know and there, there's a there's a real mantra too, and I heard it. I I heard it in the summer. So someone was signed to the um, to the national league, and somebody said on Twitter, I'm not going to name names, but the thing was, and I went, "Oh, that lad played over in England. He must be good." Yeah. And then yeah. everybody everybody got gets a bit excited about him. Yet if the lad came through from a. Cork City side or a Derry City side or just be teams that have I mean I mean the perfect talents everyone just the perfect like, ah, the perfect Harps. example of that actually comes from Harps uh the guy Keita that signed last year 
Oh. He had he was in Wolves' youth system, played for Wolves under 19s, I think, and then got uh, shipped out. He came from a French club in the third division, I think. And people were really excited for him to come in because he was he was, <laughs> he was his foreign export, and you know he must be really good. Like it's uh, it's it is what it is, and it's going to take a hell of a lot of effort to change it to change the the league system at the moment. And with John John Delaney in charge of the FAI, I can't see that and happening. I, I've heard too the reason John Delaney won't refuses to give, or the reason John Delaney thinks uh, Brian Kerr should not get a, a new job. Uh, and with to do with the national team or the structure of the national league or he esteems is because he already had the top job of Ireland manager and he had his opportunity so why did he deserve yeah but Martin O'Neill has absolutely no influence about how the league is run like that's uh, not yeah. how it works yeah but yeah. I mean like for uh, what I mean I don't want Brian yeah. Kerr to replace him I, just uh, I think, think, yeah, I think oh yeah, the yeah. point that Chris is making is that uh, John Delaney is a petulant <laughs> and rather to be honest immature figure jealous I would say also yeah yeah. because I mean why not give this man who's he, I mean he gave us one of the best uh, youth teams of all time he brought us to a mini tournament senior team he wasn't probably yeah. didn't go as well as he liked for him but I he's mean, harshly done by though yeah there's no doubt about it yeah he probably deserved more time and you, you cannot fault what he did at underage level for he brought up some of the best the best players we've produced the last 20 years and now all he gets is a job on TV3 and the radio it's talking about Irish football and football in general that's yeah. where that's where things pains the man as well to talk oh about. yeah it's 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 quite uncomfortable to watch um, that is all we have time for for this week's edition of Action We Play Extra Time um my thanks to Luke and to Chris to come on. Uh, we'll be back again same time next week. Uh, hopefully with uh, Gavin and Alex will be back. Gavin's uh, sick at the moment. That's why he can't make it. But or soft. Or soft, one of the yeah. two. And God knows what Alex is doing. He's always up to something. S- said he was in Trinity, but I was eating with him in the canteen at lunchtime. So who knows? Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Uh, we will be back again next week. And uh, my name's been Ian Brennan. And bye for now.